I want to invite you to find Mark chapter 7 in your Bibles. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. I'm going to share with you this morning a story from the Bible that you may have never heard. If you're new to reading your Bible, new to, to hearing sermons at church, you may not have heard this story, and I can almost guarantee that you've not heard this story around Christmas time. This is not one of the big classic passages that pastors usually focus on at Christmas time. Uh, it might at first seem like a strange passage to preach on the first Sunday of Advent, but I think it's a great passage for the first Sunday of Advent. It's a story that shows us Jesus. It's a story that shows us how human Jesus is and how divine, how godlike Jesus is. And it's a story that shows us how much Jesus loves us, how much Jesus loves people. It's hopefully going to help us to trust and follow him better this Christmas. That's my big hope. That's my big desire, is that we'll trust and follow Jesus for real this Christmas. So before we read this passage, I'm going to read through it, and I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles or on the screen or the wall up here. Um, Kids, one of the things I always like when you're in the service and you listen to one of my sermons is if you would draw what you hear and show me after. Uh, Your bulletin may still have some white space there that says notes. That would be a good spot, or maybe somebody around you has some scrap paper you can use. I love to see your drawings of my sermon and the passage that we look at when you're in here with us. So that's something you can be working on as you listen. We're going to read the passage, and then we're going to just look at each verse a little bit more closely, and we're going to see Jesus from a new angle this morning. So the passage is Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. And from there he arose... And went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home. And found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Let's pray together. Father, what a strange passage. Lord, I trust that you that you moved me to land in this passage today, and that you moved each of these people to be here today to hear it. And I trust that you have Something specific for each one of us that you want to communicate. And I ask that you would please open us up to that. Personally, I ask that you would please help me to serve your people really well. And to preach your word with clarity and force and freedom. And that your word would go forth and that your people here would receive it. All the way down into their hearts. 
of all ages in the sanctuary right now. Let us all be captivated by your glory in your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. So we enter this story with Jesus tired. Jesus is very tired as we meet him in the story. Uh, I wonder if any of you feel very tired right now. I can usually see from the yawns how tired people are, what, what, how late perhaps they stayed up last night, uh, who perhaps got up really early the morning after Thanksgiving and spent all day shopping to buy their pastor presents. I see the heavy eyelids. Jesus knows what it feels like to be tired. Okay, when we meet him in verse 24, he has been healing thousands of people, teaching thousands of people, uh, performing miracles. Uh, he's been in the midst of crushing crowds of desperate people. And he's, all the while, he's been teaching his disciples, and he's tired. And from there, after he had just gotten done with a conflict with the religious people, the Pharisees who pretended they were better than they really were. And from that teaching, from there, he arose and he went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and he did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. Have you ever tried to get away from everybody because you were tired? You try to go into your room and you don't want anybody to know, but they still find you. That when all the family's over, all the kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews and cousins You just want a minute. Okay, Jesus understood how that felt. That's what he was feeling. Christmas reminds us that Jesus understands what it is like to be human at every age, from newborn to adulthood. Okay, he knows, he experienced the tired crankiness of a baby or a toddler that needs a nap. Okay, he knows what that feels like. I'm sure he understands what it feels like to be fidgety and your parents telling you, shh, sit still. You're in church. I know you wish you could be in children's church. He knows what it's like to be a young man and be tired. He knows what it's like to be an adult and be tired. He can relate. And here he is tired. Now, one thing I'd like to point out at this point. Yes, he knew what it's like to be really, really exhausted, but he never sinned. Now, I can guarantee that some of your worst recent sins probably took place when you were really tired. Okay, when you're really tired, you're very vulnerable. Uh, When's the last time that you responded harshly to someone with zero patience, with just total selfishness and anger and frustration? I'll bet you were tired. See, Jesus experienced fully how it is to be tired, but he never sinned. That's one of the reasons we worship him. That's one of the reasons that he was the acceptable sacrifice for our sins. Because he never sinned. So, Jesus is tired. Let's move on into verse 5 and see what happens. He wanted to hide away and get some rest, but he could not be hidden. Verse 25. But immediately, a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now, we've seen all sorts of people meet Jesus as we've been working our way through Mark. Okay, we've seen sick people. We've seen people with leprosy who were unclean. We've seen dead people. He raised someone from the dead. We've seen 
uh, religious hypocrites, people who pretended they were holier than they really were. We've seen his disciples meet him. We've seen all sorts of different people meet Jesus. And now we see one specific person meet Jesus, and she is a mom. Okay, we have several moms in here right now. Now, she wasn't just a mom. She was the mother of a troubled little girl. She was the mother of a sick little girl, but she wasn't just the mother of a sick little girl. She was the mother of a sick little girl that she couldn't help. Okay, her little daughter, that's how it says, little daughter, had an unclean spirit. Now, this passage doesn't teach in depth about what that means to have an unclean spirit, but what we do know is that that was a problem beyond a mother's ability to solve. Okay, now a mom with a little daughter with a deep problem that she can't solve is a unique sort of desperate. There's a a unique kind of fear, a unique kind of urgency there. Okay, she is a desperate, scared woman. Okay, now you might not be able to relate directly with her. Some of you are not moms. Uh, Some of you have never had a kid or cared for a kid. But we can all relate to having a desperation. We can all relate to having a fear. Something urgent in our life that we are desperate to get fixed. Okay? Something you're afraid of. Some loneliness. Some uh, feeling of a lack of control at work or as a kid. I know especially you have very little control over your life. Okay, that's what this woman was feeling. Do you think Jesus is going to help her? Okay, just pretend that you only read this far into the story. Do you think Jesus is going to help this woman? Of course. Of course he will. He loves people. He loves desperate people. He wants to help. He has helped thousands already. Of course we think that he'll help her. Let's keep reading and see a little bit more about this woman. Verse 26. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Okay, so here's something additional we need to know about this woman. She was a Gentile. Now, in the Jewish mind back then, Jesus was Jewish. In the Jewish mind back then, there were two types of people. There were the Jews, and they were, that was God's special chosen people from Abraham's seed. You know, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. And all these sons, they they kept having more sons and daughters and children, and it spread and became this great, massive nation. The Israelites, the Jewish people, okay? God's people, and then you had everyone else that was not Jewish, and they were all called Gentiles. Now, the religious Jews had made rules to the point to where a really righteous Jew would have no contact with the Gentile at all. So if you were an important Jewish teacher, you would not have contact with a Gentile woman. Now, Jesus was becoming a very important Jewish teacher. This was a taboo for her to approach Jesus the way she does here. Now, she was supposed to stay away. She was supposed to keep a respectful distance. But she doesn't because she cares about her little daughter who is deeply troubled. So it says there in verse 26, she begged him, to cast the demon out of her daughter. The language there is, is continuous. She kept on begging him. She would not stop begging him. So, again, pretend we've just read to this verse. How do you think Jesus will respond? Well, you would think that he would say, of course. 
Of course I'll cast the demon out of your little daughter. I love you and I love your little daughter. I'll do it immediately. Or perhaps sometimes he'd like to go. Perhaps he would say, let's go together. Show me your little daughter. I will go with you. I will do anything for you. I will help you. That's what you expect. But his reply is bizarre. To, To our modern American ears, it is bizarre. Maybe it wasn't as bizarre there in that culture, but to us it is strange. Let's read how he replies. Verse 27. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So thanks for coming this morning. That concludes our sermon. What? What is he talking about? Let's just read that again. Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now that, to me, upon first reading, sounds insulting. Does it sound insulting to anyone else? Was it just the way it hit me? There's this desperate mom, truly in need of help that only Jesus could provide. He responds and says, let the children eat first. It's not right to take, take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. It's confusing and almost seems insulting. I mean, is he just being mean? Well, we know that Jesus is not mean. And we know that he's never cruel to vulnerable people. The only time we ever see Jesus get harsh is with religious hypocrites who are pretending to be holier than they really are. Okay, we never see him get harsh with a vulnerable mom who has a sick little girl and really needs help. What he's doing is he's responding with a parable. Jesus is always teaching in parables, little stories that have a big meaning behind them. He'd use these parables, he explains elsewhere, he uses these to separate people. Some people will understand the parable, some people will not. And it's one of his ways of just weeding out the, the people who he is calling to himself to trust and follow him, and the people who are just part of the crowd that are coming to see the show, and then they're going to leave. Okay, so he responds with this parable, and basically what he's saying is, I feel like a mom at dinner time with a table full of hungry kids clanging around their plates and dishes, begging for their dinner. And then now there's this little puppy, our pet puppy, is also barking at me and tugging at my heels. He's exhausted from serving the Jews. He's been teaching, healing, feeding thousands upon thousands of Jews. Those are the people he came to. Jesus came first to the Jews. Okay, and he uses the word here. That word dog isn't the insulting word for dog. It's more um, warm. It's like puppy. It's like a pet dog. He's saying, he looks at the woman and he's saying, I am so tired from serving all the Jews. I'm trying to get a rest. Okay, and, and the energy I have is supposed to go toward the Jews. She would have understood this because she understood the Jewish Gentile difference. He's saying, now here you are like like a, a puppy barking for attention also. Now that still almost seems a little insulting, doesn't it? I think what he's doing here, he's not insulting her. I think what he's doing is he's trying to uncover her faith. He's trying to develop out of this fear of hers, 
and crystallize her faith. He's trying to dust off just the raw need for help to the diamond underneath, which is the fact that she really believes in him. So to, under, to explain what I mean, look at the next verse. Look at how she responds. She doesn't say, how dare you? She doesn't say, how dare you refer to me as a dog? She doesn't say, please help. She responds as if she knows exactly what he's talking about. In verse 28, but she answered him, yes, Lord. She agrees with him, yes, Lord. Yet, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. So he's saying to her, you know, I'm sent to the Jews. I'm supposed to be focusing on the Jews. You see the hordes of thousands of them following me everywhere. That's where my power is supposed to go. And she responds, yes, but you've got plenty of power to go around. Even puppies on the fringe of the group will be able to get all they need. Okay, what she says reveals that she truly does believe in Jesus Christ. She truly is trusting in Jesus Christ. Jesus often answers our prayers in unexpected ways. Okay, if, if you're new to prayerfully trying to trust and follow Jesus Christ, you need to know that he often answers our prayers in unexpected ways. You may often feel like this Syrophoenician woman with a specific desperation that Jesus needs to fix now. And you go to him with this prayer, and he responds to you with something different. He's not always urgent about the things that we feel urgently about. And his highest priority for us isn't that he solve all of our earthly problems, it's that he develop in us faith in him. So for this woman... His highest priority was not healing her daughter. Did he want to heal her daughter? Of course. But he had a higher goal. He wanted to help her clarify her faith in him. He wanted that statement. He wanted her to say, I know that you are capable of taking care of all the Jews and me. I know that you have enough power to go around. I know that you are the one that I can put my faith and my trust in. In your fear right now, in your desperation right now, you can go to Jesus like this. You can go to him in prayer. Okay, and if you don't receive the answer you expect, don't get discouraged. Okay, we know that God loves you. He gave his son Jesus Christ for you. There's no good thing he would withhold from you. So if his answer seems weird or if it seems slow, you can be guaranteed he has a good reason for it. And you can almost bet on that part of that reason is he's trying to develop faith in you. Okay, it's the same with children and their parents. How many times have you seen a child get really frustrated with their parent because the child has this priority in mind, what he or she thinks needs to happen, and the parent is just thinking on a different level and has different priorities. Okay, the the child wants the parent to come and look at this drawing right now. But the parent has a pot boiling over on the stove and is trying to get dinner on the table. Even though the child may not understand, the the mom, the dad knows what he or she is doing. Okay, just like a child can trust in their loving parents, we can trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
even when his responses are not what we would expect. Look at how the story finishes in 29 and 30. And he said to her, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. He got what he was wanting out of her. He wanted to crystallize and clarify her faith before he just took care of her problem. For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. This Christmas, let's not just celebrate Jesus' birth. This Christmas, let's trust in Jesus. Really trust in Jesus with the real, the specific needs that we feel, the desperation that we feel. We can trust him. He knows what's best. What I'd like to do now is for us to pray And perhaps the Lord has revealed something in you that you need to trust Jesus with. And like this woman, let's go to him in prayer. Okay, and like this woman, let's be open to his response, even if it's different from what we expect. Would you bow with me? Father, we want to believe in Jesus Christ so fully that we experience perfect peace like your word says. We want to trust in you so fully that your peace, which surpasses our understanding, would guard our hearts and our minds. Help us in our unbelief. Help us to believe. Help us to trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation, to rest in him for our reconciliation with you and not our good works or our church attendance or our religious deeds. But help us not to stop there. Help us to work out this salvation into every aspect of our lives. Even the seemingly impossible situations we might face. And I pray for the children in the sanctuary. Lord, that you would be developing their faith now at this early age. So that they would grow up to be pillars of faith. And never wander away from you. Never look to vain idols of money or prestige or stuff or people or plans, but to always rest and trust in your goodness to them through Jesus. And like this woman, we confess together that we know you are powerful enough to take care of everything. So we present our request to you now. Each one here, something different, something that's weighing on them. We lift these up to you now. We pray for your mercy and your grace and your provision and your guidance and wisdom. And we will wait. And as we wait, we will trust in you. And you will be our hope. In Jesus' name. Amen.